Monster Baby Podcast. This we is are Ted DeMaison and Lisa Rowland. Yep. And we're your hosts for this curious romp through the worlds of mindfulness and improvisation. Yeah, you got episode number 28 here, people. That's right. And our and our our topic is digging deeper. Yeah. What else does this moment hold for us? And so we we had a pretty good, you know, this is a pretty good conversation, I think. Yeah, interesting uh, paths and paths that we took and places we went. Um, yeah. Got to hear some about Lisa's experience at summer camp mm-hmm. and a little bit about uh, our respective travels, but um, mostly about this notion of taking whatever's in front of us and, and exp- loving the shit out of it. Loving the shit out of it. Just exploring See, that bad boy. Seeing what's in there. See, like opening it like a finely wrapped gift. Yeah, and I want to encourage you especially to listen for the just jewel-like aphorisms that are sprinkled throughout. Really incredible <laughs> quotes. Yeah, Lisa and I came up with... By the greatest minds of our time. <laughs> On a podcast in yeah. the summer of 2017. That's right. Two philosopher improvisational artists <laughs> generated great wisdom. Yeah, if you maybe listen for a few of those nuggets. I think this is it. Let's let's let them get onto it and and start listening. Yeah. We're so happy here, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks for joining us, y'all. Here you go. So welcome to the Monster Baby Podcast, episode number twenty-eight. 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 You're climbing the Crazy. ladder. Crazy. Yeah. All right. Uh, and loyal listeners, we are undergoing uh, an experiment. Which because Ted DeMaison is in the Big Apple. Big the Apple. Big Bad Apple. The heart of Manhattan, Upper West Side, and uh, Lisa's back home in San Francisco. Right near Dolores Park with the Monster Baby Podcats mm-hmm. in my lap. Mm-hmm. Almost. So last time we did an experiment like this, she was in Germany, and it didn't really work out. Well, we're hoping the long te- distance never works out. <laughs> but we're hoping the technology gods will smile on us and you will be pleased with the auditory result of this experiment. Yeah. So here we go. Here we go. Lisa, you've been at summer camp. I was at summer camp. I was in a number of places. I, I took an amazing trip to the East Coast and Iceland, oh, New York, right. Boston, Cape Cod, and a week in Iceland, which is like going to another planet. And then and then I went to camp for 10 days, which is one of my favorite places on Earth. That is quite an itinerary. What makes camp one of your favorite places on Earth? That's a great question. There's probably a couple of pieces to it. It's in the high Sierras. It's at 8,000 feet. It is just stunningly beautiful. Yep. It's just like so beautiful. So that's that's one. It's on this lovely little lake. I mean, it's just a it's just a gorgeous setting. The second piece is I've grown up there. I've gone there almost every summer since I was nine years old. So it feels like a second home. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe the most like a second home. And the longevity of returning to this place, or the the way that this place has really seen me grow grow up, and I have memories from this location from points all along my life mm-hmm. is sort of unlike, unlike any other place almost. Yeah. They know you, you know them. Yeah. I've gone back regularly. I became staff there. Now I help sort of 
provide the experience of camp for younger campers and keep it going. And that feels really good. And there's also just like an incredible community of women there. It's Girl Scout camp. And it is, I think what it does for girls is really positive. Yeah. And so you basically, you basically have no guys at all, except for like some delivery people every now and then. No, there are some, there are some male staff members. Okay. There was a guy who runs the dining deck. There's a guy who most of most of the maintenance guys are are dudes, but they are dudes who have grown up at camp. Mm-hmm. So like this time, one of the maintenance guys is the son of the director, and he has grown up coming to camp. Oh great! And now he's helping run camp. So there there are some men in camp, but the people who are in charge are women. Most of the leadership is women. Most of the staff, I mean, of the vast majority of staff are women of all ages. So it's not one of these camps that, that the, st- the staff is 100% volunteer. Yeah. And so nobody's doing it for summer cash. It's not one of those camps where it like employs college kids right. to earn some money over the summer. It's like people who've come here year after year and use their vacation time to come to camp. And that provides a really awesome feeling. I mean, it just like provides a really wonderful dynamic of it's all people who love this camp right. and want to be there and make sacrifices to be there. And it's intergenerational. So my partner is, you know, in her sixties, the person that I am co-staff with. Right. And she's one of my best friends, you know, like we're so buddies. Great. And so it provides this, this example of intergenerational friendship and the value of knowing people who are not your own age and that, women look all sorts of ways and have all sorts of gifts and talents and strengths. It's just a really incredible, loving, supportive, positive, yes saying down to earth community. I can see why you like being there. I I, I think it's so great that you volunteer your time because those girls who are coming up with you are going to become the you in 10 or 15 years, whatever that is, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and ideally. And they'll they rock and roll. Staff and then they yeah. keep coming back. So perfect. Yeah. But that's cool. Uh, yeah. And and I agree that Iceland is one of the craziest places on the planet. Have you been there? I have been there. I went there uh, 2012 as part of my sabbatical when I went to Europe for a bunch of different things. But I, oh, recent- I didn't realize that. Yeah, I, I went to the Blue Lagoon and a couple of the waterfalls. and I was there for a couple of days, but I, I loved it. And I went to, on my trip across country to come to New York, I went to Glacier National Park, which is one of the few places that rank up there with Iceland for natural beauty. And Mm. I I think that I was in what may have been the most beautiful place I've ever been when I was in Glacier. So I was traveling, traveling with my buddy Angela, and we went on this hike, we stayed at stayed at Glacier National Park in the the west entry to the park. We got up and we went to this, uh, what's it called, Grinnell Glacier Trail, but we went to the Grinnell Lake, on the Grinnell Lake Trail. You hike in about three miles or whatever. Unbelievable. Just mm. huge mountains coming up and gorgeous, pristine lake and trees and waterfalls coming down. And that place was unreal. Unreal. It's like the scale, right? Like these yes. mountains shooting out of the earth. It's just like, oh, God. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So um, anyway, that's cool that we both had that experience. Now, 
this is our chance to to check in. We've been on all of these great adventures, and we're still going to be apart from each other. We're not going to be in person for another two months long, or something. A long time, yeah. Yeah. So let's... We have more adventures, more adventures to come. Yeah, I've got a topic that I think would be fun to explore with you today, which is all one right. that came to mind with me when I was on this trip, was talking with Angela, driving across country, and I realized that I was doing a good job of asking follow-up questions. So we were talking about something, and I, I said, so what about that? Or I kept asking for details. And it occurred to me that, A, that's something I've been working on. I think we've even talked about that on the podcast. So I was feeling, yeah. feeling good about getting better at that. But, B, it felt like something that I had learned from improvisation, this notion mm. of stick with what you have and keep exploring it, keep investigating it, keep going for it, and... Uh, that there's always more information there. You don't need to bring in all these extra ingredients into an improv scene. And I mm -hmm. thought, I want to ask Lisa about that. And as, mm. soon, as soon as that came to mind, then I thought of all these ways that mindfulness seemed to do the same thing. Of like, well, mm -hmm. what happens if you stay with one experience and one notion and, right. and keep turning it over? What does that show you? So yeah. I thought that would be fun to explore today. That's cool. I was at a rehearsal last night where we talked about this exact thing mm. in a show with, a, with uh, it's a cast of four. It's not this weekend. It's in a couple of weeks. And we were talking about sl just slowing down and sticking with where you are. And I, and I, and I asked the question, I said, well, because I think what we were talking about was maintain holding on to character. Like mm -hmm. when you have created a character, being able to come back to it and hang on to it. And one of my castmates said, you know, I think it's a matter of slowing down. And we all said, oh, yeah, that's something we're working on in general. And I said, how, what does that mean? Like, what does it mean to slow down? Are you slowing down your speech? Are you slowing down your, like, what are you slowing down? Mm -hmm. And we kind of had this little, this great conversation about what it means to slow down. And there were a couple of, there were a couple of helpful tips. Mm. One of them was get into your location, which I think in a way you can say engage your senses. Yeah. So part of it is getting out of your brain, which moves faster than any other part of you and is able to be in other moments, whereas your body is not right. able to be in other moments. Your body has to be here, but your brain can like cast forward or backward or whatever, which I had never thought about that way until just this moment. But uh, so engage your senses. So be, you know, in an improv sense, it's like, okay, be in a location, yeah. touch something, know where you are, know where you're wearing, smell something, like sink into this embodied moment of get, whatever scene you're creating. Get specific with it, right? Get specific. Yeah. yeah. Even if you don't say it, just, just sink into Experience it. Experience it, right. For you. And then, and then the second thing, so get into your senses. Oh, and the second thing was, um, yeah, play with this offer. Like, don't skip ahead to the next thing. Right. And I think sometimes we're like, okay, I get this moment. What comes after this moment? And it doesn't matter. A lot of the times it's like, you know what? You, you don't need to worry about what the next moment is because actually we're not done with this moment yes. yet. Yes, yes. And that both of those feel relevant in terms of, I mean, it's something that I'm still really 
working on is like how to balance that sink into one moment and and sort of milk it explore it deeply and walk in the line between that and telling a story which does move forward in time yeah at a certain point it does right right making narrative calls and figuring out what happens next moving things along and when it's the right time to do that and when it's the right time to sink in this into this moment i was taking an improv class with barbara scott who's at bats with you uh, a bunch of years ago and she was playing the game what comes next with us where mm-hmm. one person is in front of the room and is acting out what other people tell them to do and they say what comes first somebody tells them you know you're brushing your teeth and so they brush your teeth but barbara encourages us to like to break it down to the smallest things and like pick up your toothbrush exactly. or open the drawer that's right yeah. open the drawer and then what comes next uh reach your hand into the drawer and we had to just stay with it. And it was so amazing how, as you're saying, there was this huge pull to like push it forward. And she kept saying, no, 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 right here. What's happening? What's, what's the very next thing? Yeah. Stay with that. And we don't need to introduce some dragon flying in to steal the toothpaste, you know? Well, yeah. And right. I think part of that exercise is, you know, that it's in a Johnstonian exercise and part of the Johnstonian philosophy is, is that stories are about breaking routine. So there's a routine and something different happens this time. And what happens because something different happens, right? Yeah. And when you break, when you slow it down, right? If you start with brushing your teeth, then you're brushing your teeth. But if you start with reach for the drawer, open the drawer, reach your hand in the drawer, it's like any one of those moments you might make a discovery. Maybe you reach in and you put your hand in and there's something other than a toothbrush in there. There's right. something different. There's a, you, you pull out a note yes, and it's a clue or you pull out a human finger or, you know, <laughs> who yeah. knows? So it's like, there's, there's opportunity in all of those little moments. If we are, if we realize that any activity is made of moments. Yeah. That's well, that's what to me was so different about the way that Barbara was teaching was she was saying, get into that moment dig Uh deeper into that moment what's really happening in that moment and let that kind of build itself into a mosaic or a tapestry and and then see what naturally falls out of that to be the next step yeah so that was looking up lyrics to a song that i think i've actually brought up before on this podcast about moments Mm. do you do you recall this it's from into the woods i don't know if life were made of moments, even now and then a bad one, but if life were only moments, then you'd never know you had one. I don't know if that's relevant, but I like it. <laughs> In the mindfulness class we teach, there's a quotation from, I think, an 83-year-old woman who says, uh, let me see if I'm going to remember it. It's something like, no, I'm not going to remember it. It's something like, life is full of moments, and I wish I had more of them, or Life Man, is a, both of us are knocking out of the park with this is really so, brilliant <laughs> I'm like here's one that is probably not relevant and you're like I've got one that I actually can't remember <laughs> these are these are this is inspiring we are erudite woo yeah um, <laughs> here's a quote about moments maybe take a moment and live it <laughs> give me another banal quotation about moments Lisa Pretty good. So many moments. Just just go through them. <laughs> we are so wise. It's really fun. We're very wise. Yeah. So 
what well i guess i have a few questions the first mm -hmm. one is sort of a a softball ted which is which is right so we've talked a little bit about what improv has to say about di digging deeper or stopping or right. getting noticing the moment that you're in i guess and i guess the connection between noticing the moment and digging deeper is often we kind of skip across the top of moments yes and we just were like, ah, brushing your teeth moment. Okay, and now we move on to the next moment. And we move on to the next moment. And if we stop in this moment, we could discover that there's some, there's more, there's more to mine in in one moment. Correct. What's the connection with mind, mindfulness? Like, what do you see mindfulness saying about dig, digging deeper? Yeah. So well, we talk about having a spotlight of attention, and, and that one of the first things in a mindfulness training or mindfulness practices to develop an awareness that we put our attention somewhere and then to be able to choose where we're going to put it and then to say, okay, so you're aiming that spotlight of attention around or maybe you're experiencing it from inside your body and then you say, all right, what if you sustain that attention? So if you look around the room and you notice, you know, oh, there's a, there's a lamp over there in the corner that I've never really looked at and you pause and look at that lamp in detail, that sustained attention, you're probably going to notice something different about the lamp than you ever noticed before. Oh, there's, mm -hmm. an, there's an embroidery around the edge of the lampshade, or the button has an interesting, the uh, switch has an interesting texture to it, or whatever it is. But the, the, the notion of sustaining our attention on something allows us to see more, to get into more relationship with it, to appreciate it more. And that... We don't need more than that, right? So if we, if we apply that attention to our experience, if it's in our body to say, okay, I'm sensing something, mm, I'm trying to sit for a meditation and I've got an itch. All right, well, rather than try to resist the itch or jump over it, what if I just notice it, sit with it? What can I tell, what can I experience with this itch, how it changes, how it grows and then fades away? Mm-hmm that experience of staying with it gives us some access to wisdom or truth or insight that maybe doesn't happen otherwise. Um, so that's kind of the, the standard way I think it fits into mindfulness. In the way that it came up for me in this conversation with Angela, it was more about being in, a, in connection with another person and about being in a mindful friendship, a mindful relationship of saying, mm. I want to know more about this person, so, and I want to know more about this story. So rather than saying, as a more, for me, a more immature listener, oh, that reminds me of something that's true for me, let's turn the attention back yeah. to me, to say, right. let's keep that attention on you, and I want to know more about what that experience was like for you. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we have a lot of practice, we being humans and Americans maybe in particular, have a lot of practice digging deeper into our own shit. Right, <laughs> right. right. Like, oh, that's really interesting. Here's how it relates to me. And have you ever noticed how I'm like this and this and this and I like this and whatever? Uh, and I think that we are not very well practiced at digging into other people, right. like digging deeper into and and not even in order to get anywhere in particular just to learn about a person like right. really free of agenda or opinion yeah and it like, was that's that's rare that's a rare thing what was new to me in this in this conversation was to notice how fun that is 
<laughs> you know, mm. I, I know from your perspective, you're like, yeah, I do that all the time. It is really fun. Well, no, no I mean, not necessarily. But, yeah. yeah, but it there was something about the, maybe it was the consciousness of it, the intentionality to say, I want to know more. And like we talked about, I think we talked about on the last episode, the um, advance color emotion. Yeah. Uh, exercise. Where did we, we were, talk about that? I think we did. We were talking about the storyteller. You could pause the storyteller and and uh, ask for more information one way or the other. I totally forget, but I believe you. I think we did. Uh, That's cool. Our listeners will tell, will tell us <laughs> if we didn't. But that same kind of, um, not just permission, but encouragement to be involved with the story as it's being told and to get more information. Mm-hmm. It's just really, really fun for me. Yeah. But we did an exercise today. So I'm here, the reason I'm here in Manhattan is I'm doing this training with Patsy Rodenberg, who's a voice and acting coach in the, in the UK. And so we were working with, we've been working with Shakespearean sonnets and early English poets and, and all this. So today each of us had a, a particular poem that we were working with. And, and we've done a lot on voice and diction and breathing and presence. And so today we started getting into the text itself. And she did this sustained exercise with us, which I loved, which totally tied into what we're talking about, where we started with just the form and we took a pass through the poem with one thing at a time. So the first time through we said, well, just look at the poem. What's the visual shape of the poem? And what does, mm. that, what does that tell you? And then cool. look at the first line. And then uh, look for all of the people who are in the... Punctuation. Punctu- oh, cool. Yeah, look for all the people who are in the poem. Look for all the verbs that are in the poem. Look for all the... Yeah. And we did one of those at a time. Look for all the nouns. And we read through just saying the verbs aloud. And then, and then saying the whole poem aloud, right? You're like applying different filters. Exactly. And so we're like turning the lens, the spotlight of attention on a different part of the poem. To and see then, what it shows you. Yeah. And each time it That's would cool. show you something different. It was so cool. Yeah. So we did that yeah. with a form. And then we started doing that with the meaning. And so it was like, what does this word mean to you? Somebody had the word tangled. And the question was, what does that word mean? And the, the person put their understanding of the word tangled on, and Patsy was like, well, that's what you think it means, but what does it mean on its own? And so, like, you know, don't apply yourself to it. Just, like, what is it? It's got a life of its own before you apply yourself. Mm-hmm. So we did, like, 11 pass-throughs with each poem. Well, each person was working mm-hmm. on their own. And you come to the end of it, and then when you go to recite the poem, it's so much stronger and clearer and more interesting because you have gotten all this added flavor, texture, spaciousness to it. Uh, it was so exciting. So like, okay, That's interesting. The same thing is like, okay, well, whatever you're describing to me as a friend in conversation, let's take another pass at it. Let's take another pass at it. What about from this side? What about from this side? Mm-hmm. I'm eager to apply this both in the world of poetry and in other worlds as well. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting to think about looking at your life through different filters. Mm -hmm. Like, 
think about all the spaces that you take up, right? All the spaces that you inhabit in your life and think about all the people you come in contact and think about the transit that yes. you, yes. you know, like how you get from one place to another and think about, you know, yeah. that's interesting. And, and then I guess it, it just enriches your, like, if you really, the question that I had when I was hearing, listening to your story is like, I, I want, it would be interesting to hear a poem before and after having done that process. Right. Because I'm sure it would be different, but who knows if if so, an outsider would feel like it's like richer and more textured, or if you just think that because you just engaged with all of those textures and you right. uncovered all of the nooks and crannies of that of that experience. But then again, it doesn't really when you apply it to your life. Maybe it doesn't matter if you can tell from the outside if uh, if you yeah. can engage with your life in a deeper way. Then and you find it to be a richer experience. Certainly that will change the way you wander through the world and probably the way the world affects you and therefore the way you affect the world. Yeah, that is a great and fair question. And I would bet that a listener would definitely be able to hear the difference. Yeah. Well, I bet definitely. I'm kind of mixing odds there, but <laughs> if, it's, if it's definitely, it's a pretty safe bet. Yeah, right. <laughs> I would take that bet. I would take the bet that the listener would be able to tell in the same way that I, I think the people around us, when we develop a practice, whether it's a mindfulness practice or an improv practice or we're working on our presence as we're doing with Patsy Rodenberg, that people can tell the difference. That we do that kind of self-investigation, that self-reflection, our life gets fuller and we get, we get more here, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. and so this is one of the... I'm sorry. Go no, ahead. It's just, and then... And then People see, oh, you don't get as upset as you used to do, or you have you seem to be more relaxed, or like your face has gotten brighter, or your eyes have gotten brighter. You know, mm -hmm. That that people do notice those things. This reminds me that I need to once again commit to doing a regular meditation practice. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't, and I feel like a fraud. Oh, you're not a fraud. You're where you okay. are. You're where you are. What's that? You're where I'm you where are. I am. It's very mindful. It's a very, it's a very unattached way to look at it. Every moment is a moment to start again. <laughs> be to be in. <laughs> Let us notice this moment that is all around us. Yeah, perfect. I think Confucius said that. Perfect. One of the things I love about camp is it reminds me very much about uh, of like village living. Mm -hmm. It's on nine acres. The, the area is utterly knowable. You can walk from one end to the other. You know exactly what's around you. Even in the dark, it feels safe and familiar. And there are, there's no electricity, so there are no electronics. Like, you can't... Mm. No phones. And phones are like, they take you anywhere but yeah. here. Yeah. And so I, I spent 10 days without a phone and without the internet and without being able to be whisked away to Washington DC or to the crisis in fill in the blank or to the, you know, like there, there was no oh, fill in the blank was crazy over the last two weeks. Oh my God. Those poor people. The ambassador, <laughs> the ambassador to fill in the blank is I mean, trouble. Yeah. Well, so much yeah. corruption. Yeah. Well, you should have thought of it before you had an affair with the, 
With Hootsie Watson. Special envoy. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. Um, Village. I, yeah, and and being pre- like being present, yeah. like being in the moment that you're in, and yeah. falling asleep looking at the stars, like the real world, the things that are actually around you in this moment, instead of looking at the posts that your friends made who are living in Sydney, Australia or whatever, right. which is like, right. That's like double edged edge sword or two sided, two sides of the coin of technology is like, it's incredible and makes the world smaller and keeps us connected. And I spend so much time everywhere, but here. And I got, I got home and I was like, I don't want to open my computer. I don't want to yep. look at that. I don't yep. want to see, I don't want to be taken away from this moment. I just want to like, notice where I am and respond to my body and my moment, you know, like, yeah, just keeps us skimming on the surface. Yeah, it really does. It really does. Headlines and posts and tweets and, you know, I'm a big fan of technology and smartphones, so don't get me wrong, but I also develop addictive behavior around it and it keeps me from showing up. So I'm in a little bit of a, I'm on a little no phone zone kick. Love it. I was thinking about that. You know, in in that we weren't in contact, and a couple of times I wanted to call you, and I thought, I wonder how she's doing with that. And I I thought to myself, I'll bet it's both hard and delightful. It's not hard at all. Really, once it once you I get, I don't find it hard at all. Like once you get there, not even like day one, day two of like. Uh, no, actually, no. I, huh. Like as soon as I'm there. And nobody's on their phone, and yeah. my phone is put away. That's the other part, is that you put your phone in your wallet in the birdhouse, which yeah. is the infirmary. Right. <laughs> and they keep keys, wallets, and phones, and they pick it all up and take it out like in case of an emergency, right? So it's it's all together. And so I didn't even – I didn't have it, and I didn't want it. So great. It's just like amazing how easy it is to snap into that when, when it's whole... not, an, when not an option. I just didn't – but the context supports it. That's, I was just going to say, yeah, when the – it's not an option, and everybody's participating and invested. Right. So great. It's interesting too. This notion of of digging deeper. It. It. I'm trying to do this same thing with uh, what I'm doing with my business life, my professional life. Mm-hmm. To say I have so many interests. I. You know, my curiosity just keeps ranging and ranging, and I want to do some of that, and I want to learn about growth mindset and I want to tell people about uh, positive reinforcement and I, it was so delicious and again conversation with Angela one of the things that she does is she coaches women on how to start businesses she's like what is it you do what is it mm-hmm. focus in and let people know what that is and then go deeper with that and all of a sudden you're mm-hmm. much more accessible I've been thinking a lot about that as well with sharing what it is I have to offer the world. Mm -hmm. And it's really a challenge for somebody who is so broadly curious. Totally. To say, okay, choose one, go with it, see what you find. Yeah. You know? This is like, now I'm going to be self-referential and bring this back to me. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I know I'm doing it. (laughs) And there's the difference. I'm trying to be let. I think I'm trying to be less busy. Mm-hmm. I think I am. I'm like I'm like not even ready to say that. Actually, that I'm I'm ready to commit to that because uh-huh. I don't want to say no to things. But I recognize that it that I I think going deeper into every moment means being less um, 
frenetic. Spread thin. Spread you thin. You know, yeah. being spread less thin. Like, it's okay if, like, a night, like, there might be more, there might be more going on in a night at home than you realize. You know, mm. it's like, just get into that, get into your apartment and look around and and see where you are and mm-hmm. and respond to that moment. And instead, I'm like. God, God, there's so many amazing things to do out in the world. And if I'm not doing one of those things, then I'm doing nothing, (laughs) you know? And it's like, there actually might be more in nothing than you think that makes it not nothing at all. And so what do you think that you would get out of exploring that, I'm putting it in quotation marks, nothing? Is it just that you would get a different glimpse of wisdom or insight or something? I think I would feel more in touch with myself. I think I would Uh actually have a richer experience of the time. Okay. And I think that that's the end of the balance that that I'm not super great at cultivating. Yeah. So putting that together with what you said before, it sounds like you're talking about digging deeper into yourself, right? Your reflection on my the Shakespeare exercise I did about what about checking out different, putting different lenses on my own life. Doing that kind of yeah. self-reflection, yeah. That's yeah, a cool idea. Yeah, because I'm pretty good at. Um, yeah, I feel like my attention generally goes outward. Right. You gather experiences and then distill them. Yeah. I. I mean, well, I. I just like. I'm. I spend a lot of time paying attention to other people and what they need and what and like where they're going and what else is out there and going along with this other thing and and there's not a whole lot of time spent with like when I get quiet and centered how do I want to spend my time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and without a little bit of space it's hard to even let that answer surface like sure. I don't I don't let that's the thing is like there needs to be enough quiet waters for that to kind of bubble up yes makes sense to me I think I think well, I'm ready to, uh, yeah, I'm ready to do that with myself too. I used to do a lot of that self-introspection, I mean, a ton when I was in college and when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of gotten caught on that surface skating with Facebook and technology. And, uh, you know, I just, there's a part of me that's like, come on, come on, get back into checking things out and being present. And And I've done a good job of, Emptying Why? my well, space. So what do you what what do you miss from that? What's uh, yeah, what's the difference? Good question. For me, the difference is um, having a feeling of belonging and purpose in the world. That's, that's not just kind of okay. I'm going through day to day, living on my privilege, and I have a relatively comfortable life, so things are fine. So have a good time. Yeah, yeah. but it's more like, well, no. What if I really wrestle with the things I'm upset about? And what if I really dance with the things I'm psyched about and connect with the people I want to connect with and do some more creating and listen to the to the voice I have inside that's directing me somewhere interesting. Mm. Like, all of a sudden, it becomes way more fun to be alive. Jeez. Yeah. So That's nice. But in order to do that, I have to be disciplined about putting my phone down or clearing out the extra clutter. So... The place where I'm staying in Manhattan is crazy cluttered, and it's ama- It's so, well, it's instructive and it's frustrating to realize. Yeah, I can barely think in here, uh-huh. in, in this space, because there's so many 
shoes and sweaters in the front hallway, and then there's paintings everywhere, and then there's books, and uh, it's really challenging. Piles of stuff. And, yeah. yeah. And this is, you know, these people, this is their apartment. It's not my apartment. I'm Somebody has generously allowed me to stay in their space, and so there it is. But I'm like, oh, yeah, I've cleared out my, my own space back home really well so that I have that. But now I need to take advantage of that clearing I've done to propel yeah. myself inward and then outward. It's very deep, Ted. That's what we're rolling. That's what we're going for. <laughs> <laughs> deep still waters. Dig deeper. Dig deeper. I want deeper friendships, deeper connections, deeper insights. Yeah. I, I, well, I feel like you just hit it for me, which was the, the, the more you figure out what you're about, then the, then the more you can live a life that is in line with what is important to you. So it's not just navel gazing. It's like, right. no, like you, it's, it's for a purpose. And it's not just kind of like s- skating along and being more or less fine and happy, right. but missing some bigger picture or like, but, but what's it all, but, but what is the point, <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and that maybe quieting down and slowing down and, and digging deeper and exploring those preferences or those opinions or feelings or frustrations will reveal a direction. Yeah. So the, the one, what's the word, clarification or redirect that might offer is you use the word figuring it out. And like we talk about in improv, I, I think I'm trying to discover it rather than muscle my way into figuring it out, you know? Yeah. But it's like with meditation or is to say, all right, what's here? Then what? You know, like, oh, that's, I didn't expect that. And then you get two, two new things that are see, that we see and then put them together and all of a sudden a new possibility emerges and let's try that out for a while. But yeah, I'm, I'd, I'd love to have a greater sense of purpose and motivation and alignment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Not me. I'm pretty happy. <laughs> nah. Who needs that? Who needs Who that? Who needs it? Yeah. Just, you know, look, look around, have a moment. Stick, mm-hmm. mo- moment it up. <laughs> That's what moments are for. It's like mo- living. Momentary. Be momentary. It's like living with lemonade on a summer day. That's a moment. I think Bob Dylan said that. Yeah. It's like living with lemonade on a summer day. <laughs> That's your moment. That's your I think, moment. I, think there's, I don't think there's anywhere to go after that, Ted. <laughs> I think that's it. I think, that's, we, I think you've boom. just done it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, is there anything, anything else you'd like to add about digging deeper? Or? It's hard. Yeah. I find it hard. Hard to remember or hard to do or well, I don't know. Maybe both. Maybe that's one maybe that's kind of one and the same. Yeah. So uh, how come it's hard? I, I have an idea, but I am interested to hear what you think first. Uh well, you you've got something formulated. Okay. Kick it. I think this is something we've been talking about in our voice work in these last couple of weeks here. When we open up our real voice and we start speaking what's real or when people do this kind of work they get to a certain point and then they go ah and they pull back from their 
open voice, they tense back up because when you're speaking that way, you're speaking with an authority and you're saying, this is who I am, this is what I want in the world, you know, let's make this happen. You think people find that scary? Yeah, because A, they're exposed, they're vulnerable, this is who I really am, and B, they have to take responsibility now because words spoken that way have an impact in the world. They don't just float around or, you know, land on the ground and sputter away. They change people. And I think that when we dig deeper and we get more in alignment, we get, we often, I get frightened because it's like, ah, am I really going to live that openly? Am I really going to show people who I am? Am I really going to step up to what I'm capable of? Then that means mm -hmm. I have more responsibility and I can't hide the same way. Mm. Mm. And I'm going to feel I more. I'm going to feel more. Yeah. More. The, maybe the reason it's hard, I'm just spitballing here, Yeah. but is like a step before that, because that feels like the result of having dug deeper and done all this work and figured out who you are and then speaking your truth. But it feels like the hard thing comes before that for me, which is like, oh, just start to dig. Just like hang out for a second and notice what's really happening. And I think that can be scary, A, because I think it takes some trust that something else, that something is happening. Right. Like that if you stop and dig into this moment, there is something. And for me, I think sometimes there's a fear that like there's nothing underneath this moment. There's nothing like if mm -hmm. I stop moving, I'll drown, you know, or if I yeah. stop, if I slow down, there's nothing there for me. It's like a it's like a void. And that's a scary thing. Mm. And so it takes a little bit of trust that no, 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 like there is it's enough, like just this thing that's happening. So, And I think it's hard to trust that for some reason. I don't know sure. why, if it's a cultural thing or a... I think it's definitely and, a cultural and, and in the same way that meditation is not there to make you feel good, but, the, to, but to make you feel what's happening, yep. sometimes digging deep means you got to face shit you wish weren't true. Right, right. Like sitting with what is true is not always nice. Yes, and so it feels much better to to skim across the top of those right. moments and be like, eh, I'm a little bit of funk, but I'm fine. Right. Instead of being like, I'm in a funk. What is that funk? How does that feel? What's it happening in my body? Like, what's right. what what's going on there? You yeah. know? Yeah. Go get an arti um, go get an artisanal donut or watch another episode of the reality TV show or yeah, or call somebody and go have a, a, a truly good time. I mean, it's right. not just like like shallow escapism like you can yeah. go have a meaningful conversation with somebody but you're still skipping out on what's on what's happening with you right or this piece of what's happening with you you yeah. know it's like there's always a lot of different pieces i guess why i was referring to those more to the shallower ones is that i think our culture provides us those on a platter to us yeah loads Which of loads so of many options. so many available opportunities to just kind of tune ourselves out it's like a kind of numbing i yeah. guess yeah yeah. And it's real draining to not numb. Right. Until it eventually gives us more energy. It's both draining and it's Yeah, and you just got to believe that that's coming. Right. You know? I mean, right. like that's like, yeah. It takes some faith, I guess. It takes some, like, trust that it's like, no, this is a good path to be walking. And I think it is. It's like, you know, the more you know yourself, even if it's painful, at least it's truthful. Right. This feels very much like in times when I've been at the end of relationships that some part of me knew needed to end, but the other part of me was like, whatever, it's fine, la, 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 because I really didn't want to have to do the ending. Mm -hmm. um, 
And that it's like, hold on, like pay attention to how you're feeling. And once I did that, even though it was painful to have to do that, at least I didn't have to pretend I wasn't feeling the things I was feeling anymore, you right. know, or pretend I was feeling things I wasn't feeling. <laughs> there's some, you know? there's some element that's about capacity building too. Like, you know, are, are you, are you ready to do it? Are you willing to do it? But then do you have the ability to hold that? And then the more we do it, the greater capacity we get. Yeah. And the more complicated moments we can hold and the more contradictory things we can hold at once and the less we have to figure it out and know what to do about it. Like, and that's good. (laughs) That is good. I agree. I agree. All right. And it is good. It is a good moment. It is a good moment. Mark Twain. (laughs) Or was it Nelson Mandela? I think it was Nelson Mandela. (laughs) Yeah. Qu- quoting Mark Twain in his inauguration <laughs> speech. Yes. Yeah, right. yeah. Nelson Mandela quoted Mark Twain. All right. I think that's a good spot to to uh, pull together this podcast. What do you think? I'm down. I got to get ready for a show tonight, so that works for me on several levels. Several levels, right on. Well, yeah. that sounds good to me. I, I, I hope people, people listening, I hope you get to dig deeper just in one area Ask another question. Seek more. Take another pass. Check out See what, what else ver- is there. Check out what verbs you're using. <laughs> and what does that show you? Check your verbs. Check your verbs. Yeah. Go verb yourself. So, all right. Well, uh, I hope you have a great performance. Thanks. I hope you have a nice night. It's late there. It is late. To, it's late. It's only 20 minutes to nine. Well, it, it's hot though, so it's late. It's hot. Yeah. But uh, all right, well, great chatting with you, and um, yeah, thanks everybody for listening, and thank you technology for hanging with us. Until the next time. Later, everybody. What about that episode, Lisa Rowland? What about it? I enjoyed it. <laughs> me too. Me too. I thought it was nice. It, it, it has made me feel a little bit like not fraught somehow. Not fraught? No, fraught. Oh, it has felt you, you're has, feeling fraught. It has, it has fraught me. Fraughtified. Somehow. Oh, well, that's somehow. interesting. I know. It is interesting. I'm just noticing it. It's like, oh... How do you do? Maybe it's because I'm like still not really sure how to. Like I just, I'm yeah. still working it out. Like how to do this. That's funny. I mean, we, yeah. I appreciate you saying that. And it's funny because I'm feeling like, all right, let's go. <laughs> let's go digging. Let's, let's see what's in there. I got yeah. my shovel and my backpack and my little trowel. My pickaxe and yeah. we're going mining. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what gear do I need. I don't know. <laughs> Not sure where do I dig? Just, Here? I don't know. You gotta go to the Army Navy supply store and just get yourself set up. Okay. Uh, that's funny. Well, uh, yes, it was I am feeling super grateful for the technology, which I'm assuming has worked. We'll see. We'll find out. Uh, and it's really nice to connect with you again. I've missed you. These yeah, you too. Weeks of travel, so nice to get back on the podcast. Indeed. And everybody out there, thank you so much for listening to a big episode number 28. And well, I, I don't think we have any info for you, except that if you want to get in touch, you can email us at info at monsterbabypodcast.com. 
That sounds like great info. And, yeah. and we really like receiving emails. It makes us giddy. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and add, I think I can speak for both of us and say, we love you. Can yeah. we say that? No, we can't sure. say that. No, we can't. I mean, you, you know, it's not really my style. but Ah. You know, I love a lot of things in people, but I'm, that's not what I, you know. Yeah. It's not that I don't love anybody. I just, just I'm not, I'm okay. not motivated to say that at the moment. So, podcast listeners, we have a marginal interest in your well-being. <laughs> Ted, podcast listeners, Ted loves you. And Lisa probably does too, but she's not taking a position at the moment. We'll say, let's say that. Net neutrality. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> We're delighted you're listening, and it's awesome to have you with us, and uh, yeah. hope all is we'll well in you. your life. We'll see you for 29, whenever that is. All right. Ciao, ciao. Bye. Bye.